a digital border wall has been steadily built along the U.S.-Mexico border for the last four presidential administrations, overseen by the Department of Homeland Security, otherwise known as DHS, and supported by Democrats and Republicans alike. The Biden administration plans to increase this digital border wall funding, marketing it as a gentler or smarter alternative to Trump's border wall. But these technologies are an extension of the Trump administration's border infrastructure buildup, not a break with it. Funding these border surveillance technologies will only continue the massive and unchecked expansion of government surveillance on immigrants and communities along the southwest border and far into the interior. What I just read to you was taken from the executive summary of a 25-page report titled The Deadly Digital Border Wall by Mijente Just Futures Law and No Border Wall Coalition. A large majority of what I talk about in this episode will be pulled from this article, so if you're interested, I highly recommend giving it a read. The link will be in the show notes, or you can find it at notechforice.com slash resources. What is going on, everyone? I'm your host, Kevin Munoz. This is the Leo Podcast tech segment where we talk about all things tech. This is today's free episode. If you want early access to episodes and bonus episodes, you can find that right now on our patreon.com slash latinamericaneo and if not then enjoy this one for today's tech segment we're going to be talking about the massive investment in smart border technology and the 14 most important pieces of surveillance technology that make up the u.s digital border wall according to immigrant rights groups all this and much more coming up right now on the leo podcast I'm sure by now a large majority of you have seen articles regarding the U.S. testing robot patrol dogs on its borders and we'll certainly cover this and much more in the episode. But before we do, it's important to understand that the use of technology by the U.S. border agencies is not new. As early as 1919, the U.S. government deployed armed aerial surveillance and reconnaissance of the border region. However, What makes contemporary smart borders unique is the sophistication of the technologies that they embody, the scope of the personal data they can collect, and the integration of these systems with one another. The U.S. government's use of surveillance technology in the border zone has military roots. The system's origins can be traced back to technological tools, including acoustic and heat sensors used during the Vietnam War to track the Viet Cong. After the war ended in 1975, the government installed 177 of the Pentagon's Vietnam-era ground sensors along the U.S.-Mexico border, laying the foundation for the germinal elements of what's become a virtual fence. By 2012, the number of ground sensors had expanded to 12,000 across the southern border. Today, there are some 20,000 ground sensors across the southwest border, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection, otherwise known as CBP. The investment in smart border technology continued under Presidents Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush and accelerated under Bill Clinton. In the early stages of Clinton's presidency, the government launched an automated biometric identification system that collected migrants' fingerprints, 
photographs, biographical data, and arrest records. Beginning in 1997, two surveillance programs were rolled out that placed cameras and ground sensors in urban border crossings in San Diego, Arizona, and Texas. The U.S. has since expanded its efforts to monitor the border. From 2006 to 2011, the government appropriated roughly $1.5 billion to establish a surveillance system made up of towers and ground sensors. The Department of Homeland Security put an end to the program in 2011, pointing to its costs and problems with the technology, including ground sensors unable to distinguish between the footsteps of animals and humans. But just a few years later, in 2014, the Obama administration awarded the Israeli defense contractor Elbit Systems, which built smart wall systems in Gaza and the West Bank in 2002, a $145 million contract with CBP to build a network of 50 surveillance towers across southern Arizona. The U.S. government has directed hundreds of millions of dollars into this project in the past few years alone. From 2017 to 2020, Congress appropriated more than $743 million to CBP to fund border security technology, according to a February 2021 report from the Department of Homeland Security Office of Inspector General. The Biden administration has promoted the use of a smart or digital border wall, one that uses drones and automated long-range cameras along with common migration routes, video surveillance, expansive biometric data collection, including DNA samples of everyone apprehended by Border Patrol agents, and other technologies to identify and apprehend migrants. The administration plans to spend $4.3 billion building the Homeland Advanced Recognition Technology System, a database that in its current iteration already includes more than 200 million people. This system, which the Department of Homeland Security says will replace outdated technology, will combine biometric data like fingerprints, scars, and tattoos with facial recognition data, eye scans, voice prints, and even DNA. It would also draw from social media and include political affiliations, religious activities, and merge information gathered by the United States, Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. Homeland Security officials say the system will be used for national security, law enforcement, immigration, and border management, and other purposes. Hmm, I wonder what other purposes they have in mind. Critics of the technology called HART HART, argue that it will infringe on people's constitutional rights by making them fearful of participating in demonstrations or criticizing the government on social media, as that information may be added to the database and used against them. Now let's dive into the most important piece of surveillance technology that make up the U.S. digital border wall today, according to the report. You're listening to The Leo Podcast. I'm Kevin Munoz. Support for today's episode comes from my Patreons. If you enjoy the show and are looking for bonus content and to further support the show, then head on over to patreon.com slash latinamericaneo or visit my website latinamericaneo.org to join the growing Leo Podcast community because the learning doesn't stop with this episode. There's also some sick merch on my website, everything from shirts, coffee mugs, and tote bags. All info will be at the bottom in the show notes. Now let's get back to today's episode. Number one is automated license plate recognition. 
This is a camera system that takes pictures of car license plates as it's passed by and logs other relevant information like date, time, and place. Immigration agencies install these cameras at and near borders. CBP pays Motorola solutions for it, while ICE pays Vigilant solutions. Number two is integrated fixed towers. Along the U.S.-Mexico border, CBP operates tall towers designed to spot people from almost 10 miles away. The agency has paid the Israeli military contractor Elbit Systems to install these structures. Number three is remote video surveillance. These surveillance towers are slightly smaller and movable. General Dynamics won a $177 million contract for installing these in 2013. The project is scheduled to be completed in 2023. Number four is Mobile Video Surveillance System. This consists of a telescope, a laser light, a thermal imaging device, and a video system that's attached to the back of a truck, which itself is equipped with a geospatial analytics. Since 2015, Tactical Micro has been providing CBP with dozens of systems and PureTech Systems has been providing the in-vehicle geospatial analytics. Number five is autonomous surveillance towers. CBP uses these towers to scan the landscape for people. Enduro has been providing them since 2018. They come equipped with software design to distinguish people from animals and store images of human faces. Number six is drones. CBP has used large and small drones to survey remote areas of land and even the sea for evidence of migrants. General Atomics, Aerovironment, Flare Systems, Lockheed Martin, and Enduril have all provided CBP with surveillance drones. Number seven is E3 Portal. This software sends files of fingerprint scans, pictures of faces, and iris images captured by separate pieces of hardware to both ICE's case management system for enforcement and removal operations, ERO, and the DHS Wide Ident Database. According to the Department of Homeland Security, the automated biometric identification system stores 260 million unique identities and processes more than 350,000 biometric transactions per day. Number eight is Heart Biometric Database. According to the report, the Homeland Advanced Recognition Technology, known as HART, Heart System, is a database of biometric data such as faces, images, DNA profile, iris scans, fingerprint scans, and audio files called voice prints that's hosted on Amazon Web Services and being developed by Northrop Grumman. It will eventually replace the automated biometric identification system currently used by DHS. Number nine is biometric facial comparison. This is a face matching tool that CBP uses at the US border and entry ports like airports. A camera takes a picture of a traveler and compares it with a passport or other form of ID. CBP says it stores comparison photos of US citizens in IDENT for 15 years. Number 10 is CBP One Application. This is a mobile app on which Border Patrol agents can collect biometric and other personal information on migrants and asylum seekers. Data can be logged into the app, includes phone numbers, employment, and family information, racial status, people traveling together, permanent address abroad, and destination in the United States, as well as a photograph to be run through CBP biometric records. Number 11 is mobile phone hacking. Using services from the Israeli company Celebrate, 
Canada's Magnet Forensics, and the U.S. company Grayshift, CBP can search mobile phones and other devices for information about a person. Grayshift and Celebrite can sometimes unlock phones. U.S. border agents don't need warrants to search people's devices. According to a 2019 court ruling, and border agents searched more than 40,000 devices in 2019. Number 12 is Vehicle Forensic Kits. These are pieces of software designed to extract personal information stored in cars, including call logs and navigation histories. CBP has paid Berla Corp, which partnered with the Swedish mobile forensics company MSAB for this service. Number 13 is Ventil Location Tracking. Ventil, a subsidiary of the data broker Gravy Analytics, sells licenses to CBP and other DHS entities that allow them to use consumer cell phone data to track migrants and asylum seekers. A DHS document leaked to BuzzFeed News said it was possible to combine the consumer location data with other information and analysis to identify an individual user. Number 14 is Intelligent Computer Assisted Detection. ICAD is a system of underground sensors and cameras that detects the presence or movements of individuals and sends data back to CBP. Border Patrol agents then seek out the people captured on ICAD, asks these people for their biographic data and store this information. And finally, number 15, the latest addition to the United States Border Force could be robot dogs. The Department of Homeland Security released new details last week of trials of quadrupedal robots on the southern border. These machines are being tested in a variety of surveillance-focused roles, and although the DHS has shared no timeline for full-term deployment, they did say that trials were successful and that work with these machines will continue. These machines are built by Ghost Robotics, rival to better known Boston Dynamics, that are makers of the Spot Robot. Ghost Robotics' most popular model, the Ghost Vision 60, stands 2.5 feet high, weighs 70 pounds, and can travel over 7.5 miles in 3 hours on a single battery charge. They can also navigate autonomously or be controlled manually and can be equipped with several of payloads, including thermal, and night vision cameras. In the past, Ghost Robotics has even shown off prototype models equipped with guns, though there isn't any suggestion that the DHS is, is testing such payloads. The main appeal of these quadrupedal machines is that, unlike tracked or wheeled machines, they can navigate any environment humans can, including steps, stairs, steep hills, and rocky terrain. However, despite how sophisticated these machines are, they have clear limitations. Real-life trials have highlighted several potential problems, including limited battery life and erratic behavior. With the machines sometimes falling over for no apparent reason, political and civil rights groups have also criticized the use of such machines as dehumanizing, especially when robots are used to interact with members of the public. Notably, the U.S. border forces involved in these recent trials, like the Custom and Border Protection, known as CBP, are notorious for dehumanizing behavior towards immigrants. An investigation in 2021 by Human Rights Watch detailed 160 internal reports of physical and sexual abuse of asylum applicants at the border in recent years. 
In its blog post, the DHS compares the deployment of robot dogs on the border to airborne drones as force multipliers that can supplement the work of human agents. As attempts to build physical walls across the United States borders stall, the government has increasingly turned to technological solutions and robot dogs look like an obvious addition to this package. As the DHS concludes, quote, don't be surprised if in the future we see robot Fido out in the field walking side by side with CBP personnel, end quote. So there you have it. That's all I have for all of you today on the Leo podcast. I'm Kevin Munoz. And for those of you on Patreon, I'll see you in the bonus episodes. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. And as always, feel free to send me a message with your thoughts on today's episode or with any interesting topic that you'd like to see covered in this podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a family or a friend and rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps tremendously in order to bring more awareness and educational resources to our community. For more information and to stay up to date with what I'm doing, you can follow me on Instagram at Latinoamericaneo. And if you need more information and resources, you can visit my website, latinoamericaneo.org. I'm Kevin Munoz. This has been the Leo Podcast, and I'll see you next time. This podcast is not investment advice. I am not a qualified licensed investment advisor. All information on here, including any ideas, opinions, views, predictions, forecasts, commentaries, suggestions, or stock picks expressed or implied are for informational, entertainment, or educational purposes only and should not be construed as personal investment advice. Conduct your own due diligence or consult a licensed financial advisor or broker before making any and all investment decisions. Any investments, trades, speculations, or decisions made on the basis of any information found on this podcast, expressed or implied, are committed at your own risk, financial or otherwise.